We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast. This is the place for passionate opinions on unmissable stories for Kool-Aids around the world. Brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. Thanks again for tuning in. Of course, I'm Dan Hilton, one of your two co-hosts, soon to be joined by the other co-host in Frances, Tomas. And if this is your first time or your 73rd time listening, we ask you can find us on social media at Twitter, at the Barcelona Pod, or at HiltonD13, or on Instagram, at the Barcelona Pod, and check out the show notes for all the other goodies that we have to offer. So unfortunately, you won't be hearing much out of me today, but believe me when I tell you this is one of our biggest shows yet, and I do truly mean it this time. We've had our first edition of the Peña Blagrana roundup, including Matt from Peña Barça Dallas, Victor from Peña Blagrana Houston, Chris from Peña Blagrana Toronto, Danny from Peña Blagrana Chicago, and Michael from Club Blagrana de Montreal. Alright, enough from me. Time for Frances to get this thing started. Okay, thank you, Dan. Um, I am hugely excited to welcome, well, a lot of people, you know. Um, I've been contacting Peñas around the world uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I am delighted to say that we've got five different Peñas, um, board, board members, presidents, you know, it, it varies. But um, rather than me going through everybody, I think it's probably best if you guys introduce yourselves. So if you start basically who you are, where you're from, and why do you do what you do, you know, like why are you involved in running a Peña in your local community? So let's start with Matt. Hey guys, thanks for uh, allowing me to uh, explain and just showcase the passion for Peña Barça Dallas. So again, my name is Matt Gonzalez and I've, I am the executive director of Peña Barça Dallas and we've been uh, incorporated since 2009. So we have a little over say 1400 members uh, since we started in 2009, they're not official, but we're bringing them over. So uh, we uh, gather at the Rugby House, which is in Plano, Texas. The address is 8604 Preston Road, uh, Suite 100, and that's Plano, Texas, 75024. So um, let's see. Excitement, excitement. If you love Barca, this is the place here in Dallas. So we, on a small game, we probably average about 40 people all the way up to the Classicals where uh, we're looking at about 500 to 600 people 
uh, showcase. And we have sponsorships from the Soccer Corner, Estrella Dom, and of course, BN Sport. So if you're looking for uh, an opportunity or just to ex- explore Barca or you love Barca or you just want to sing and watch the games and get together, this is a place. So, but again, thanks guys. I look forward to many more opportunities to discuss and uh, express the passion for Barca, Benio Barca Dallas. Of course, well, that's, that's what we're here today, man. It's a pleasure to have you. Victor, you're next. Very good. And just uh, a mere four hours south of my friends in Dallas, um, we are in Houston. My name is Victor Valencheck. I am the vice president of Pena Blagrana Houston AICS, which is, uh, as you know, we, we when we all get our Pena names, sometimes they're a mouthful. So we go by the Houston Coulets. That is our name we started with originally. So you'll see our logo as such, and you'll see. But again, our official uh, as of last year, with our becoming an official Pena, we are Pena Blagrana Houston AICS. Uh, and like what you, you've already, you've heard there, we again we uh, we're all about you know just welcoming people into uh, in Houston, Houston a large city of some four million people and residents, and we are just our biggest you know we're we're on an outreach mission to to let people know we're here you could, because uh, if you're hearing this message here and you're in Houston, we obviously we welcome you to come out and join us every week. I have someone comes out and joins us because they've heard us on maybe uh, maybe they'll hear you hear about us on this podcast. They've heard about us maybe on other podcasts uh, or in the promotional work we're doing. And they're like, I didn't even know there was a Pena in Houston. So we're uh, a big goal for us is to continue to, to, to drive that outreach and uh, let people know to, uh, to join us uh, week in and week out. We're at the Richmond Arms Pub at 5920 Richmond Avenue in the center of Houston there. And uh, we meet there. It's an old English uh, uh, pub. Uh, there's uh, a few other uh, supporter groups there, like the Arsenal Supporter Group. But we're probably the second biggest one there. And we've got anywhere from uh, – it depends on how early in the morning the match is. Maybe there's 20 of us hanging out eating breakfast at 7 in the morning. Or like, you know, in the El Clasicos, we could be up – to 200 of you know packing the bar at capacity plus so um again real excited uh to you know hopefully if you're hearing our hearing our voices here today and you come out and join us sounds fantastic sounds like a plan i have to say well done for all your work on social media um i keep seeing all your updates pretty much all the time so good job there um next up we've got chris hi guys my name is chris uh, chris wilson from toronto i'm one of the founding members of the the pena here um, my position with the Pena is kind of like the secretary and social media, um, you know, master of ceremonies sometimes when we have giveaways and big events, uh, at the game, we've been, we've been running the Pena here, like sort of informally for a little while, but recently we've just got, uh, everything sort of, sort of set up for activation, uh, through the, the end of this season and towards next season. We've already been active before, but had to sort of, uh, you know, because of some of the, the red tape with switching um, Pena boards, it made more sense for us to sort of deactivate. Um, so it was kind of like a complicated process, but we have a lot of connections in the city, uh, in Barcelona, with obviously with socios and people that have lived in Toronto and, uh, you know, gone back to Barca to help us, you know, get the Pena organized. We watch the games downtown. We have a, uh, at, at Elephant Castle on King Street West, at 212 King Street West in Toronto. It's like right in the heart of the, the city. We've kind of similar to, to the other Peñas. We always have members there. We've probably got about 100 members enrolled in the Peña and could have anywhere from, you know, 
10 or 15 of us for the, like you said, the early games. Um, but often, yeah, when we do the Classico, we fill the bar. It, it is a major event. And, you know, our relationships with uh, Estrella Dam through Miami and through the local beer reps here in the city is pretty strong. A lot of giveaways. And we've recently just sort of made connections, too, with La Liga because uh, they have offices here in Toronto, as well as um, BN Sports, you know, through social media and them coming out to, to see the game uh, recently against Atletico Madrid. So, uh, yeah, we've got a, a great diverse city here. Um, you know, I'm not sure if anyone of you guys have been to Toronto, but there's a lot of soccer fans here and it's uh, it is a, a kind of diverse market. And our group is helping sort of establish that, you know, big soccer culture here in the city. So we're happy to be a part of it. That is brilliant. Chris, I actually was in Toronto, I would say around six years ago now. Um, I traveled to New York and I, sp I spent a whole 10 days in New York City, you know, sightseeing, doing the touristy stuff from a European point of view. And uh, I couldn't return to Europe because there was an ash cloud. I don't know if you remember that. And mm -hmm. I diverted to Toronto and I spent a whole week there. I have to say I loved it. I went to see the Blue Jays in action and Toronto yeah. FC. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really pleased to have you on the show. And hopefully you can continue to work to promote, as you guys call it, soccer in the, in the city of Toronto. Um, next up, we've got yeah. Danny. <laughs> Danny, how are you today? Hey, good. good. How are you? Thanks. Thanks for having us, Francesc. So, yeah, so my name is Danny Martinez. Um, and uh, I'm from Malieu, which is a, a small town uh, about 40 minutes from Barcelona. And, um, you know, I grew up being a member of the Peña Barcelonista Malieu. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when, I, when I moved to the United States, you know, I went to Chicago and uh, watching the Barcelona games was just, it's kind of, it wasn't fun. It was just kind of boring because it was by myself or you, you couldn't go to a bar and just, or a Peña, there was nothing. So in 2008, when um, Guardiola's first year, they came to Chicago, uh, there was a um, Martí Pelarnau, one of the, um, the guys that was for, I think at the time, Mundo Deportivo. He did an interview with me and uh, just from nowhere, I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a Peña. And uh, then I just followed through. So I started the Peña uh, in Chicago and uh, I was in 2010. Uh, well, we became official in 2010 and it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we, we meet just kind of like with what everybody else has said, but um, the, the the main idea is, is the same thing. that just get have a place where people uh, can come and watch the game with with Barcelona fans and just have have a good experience. So um, that's how we started with, and that's kind of what uh, what we continue doing. Um, now we're uh, we're in the process of uh, switching. We we try different places over the years, and now we are uh, we're in the process of moving to. Uh, an interesting place. It's a futsal academy, and they have a really nice bar. So we're gonna move there, and uh, it's good because it's always soccer people. There's only soccer people there. So my um, the big challenge is gonna be or, or fun is gonna be to to transform everybody into Barca fans when they see how much fun uh, we have. You know. Well, at least we've got Messi. Having Messi in the team, I think. It's quite a convincing sort of uh, scenario for people to go into. Um, Danny, I have to say, I'm from Mollet del Valles, which is uh, obviously close uh, to Barcelona and Momelo Formula One circuit. And I've played against yeah. Manieu many, many times. Um, I never played for Barca. My brother did. He was teammates with Andres Iniesta. But um, I played against Manieu many times. And I have to say, you guys beat my team pretty much every time. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be very happy about that. But um, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. 
Um, last but certainly not least, we've got Michael. Michael, thank you for your patience. <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> us. Thank you for having me, Francesc. Uh, good day, gentlemen. Bonjour à tous les Montréalais qui nous écoutent aujourd'hui. Uh, so, a little bit about uh, uh, my Peña, Club Laugrana de, Mon de, de Montreal. There has been a Peña in Montreal since the year of 2007, uh, but I have only become president in 2016. And uh, when, I, when I became president, the Peña had been de deactivated for uh, a few years, and uh, the membership... Uh, had uh, dwindled down to uh, very few members. We weren't that many of us uh, getting together to watch the games. So when I became president, uh, surrounded with my team, uh, we started being a lot more uh, involved locally. We started uh, organizing events for every single game. Uh, our social media presence uh, became... Uh, uh, a lot more uh, remarkable than, than it had ever been. And I'm talking about our Facebook uh, group, FC Barcelona Montreal, uh, Peña of, uh, Official. I'm talking about Daily Barca, which is uh, a community of, uh, of uh, over 40,000 members, of which I am the uh, co-administrator, along, uh, uh, along with the Peñas of uh, Kenitra and Marrakesh in, in Morocco. And that increased social media presence has uh, brought us uh, a bit over 100 members in less than the six months following uh, the moment when myself, uh, along with my board of directors, took over. And uh, we have already been able to plan a trip to, Bar a trip to Barcelona um, last summer. We saw the 2017 Gamper Cup. Uh, Gamper Trophy game. We saw the uh, the first leg of the unfortunate uh, Supercopa de España, mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, now, uh, as uh, as you all know, we we're more and more involved locally with uh, other North American peñas, and we wish to organize uh, a trip to Barcelona either in late August or uh, early September to watch uh, La Liga and uh, a Champions League game, and we would very much like it if. Uh, other uh, North American Pen uh, North American Peñas could join us on our trip, and uh, then we could uh, all go together uh, as one, as a as a big uh, brotherhood of Peñas from North America. Um, locally, our activities are uh, organized at uh, McLean's Pub, which is located at one two one zero Peel Street in downtown Montreal. Uh, we usually welcome, I would say, about 20, 20 members, 30 members, uh, any given game, be it early in the morning at 10 a.m. local time, be it a Champions League game on a Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon. And a lot of my members, I shouldn't say this on radio, but a lot of my members skip work to, to, to watch those games uh, <laughs> with us. <laughs> on a classical... On a, on a typical classical, which is aired at 2.45 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, uh, last year we've had uh, over 100 people gather uh, to, to watch it with us. Uh, El Clasico uh, of December 2017, which was aired at 7 a.m. local time, we were still able to gather over 40 people uh, to watch the game with us, uh, despite the early kickoff, despite the atrocious... This Montreal winter weather, uh, I mean, if I can remember correctly, it was probably minus 20, minus 30 that day. 
uh, Celsius, and people still showed up to watch the game with us. So there is something very interesting happening in Montreal, and uh, I think that we owe it a lot to the diversity. Uh, I mean, we're English, we're French, we're, we're, we're American, we're European, we're African, we're Asian, we're from all over the place, and... Uh, I could tell you, gentlemen, that our members are from all walks of life. Uh, we have full-time students, we have retirees, we have uh, couples, uh, we have uh, foreign students, we have immigrants, we have people such as myself who were born in Montreal, people such as the uh, close students to foreign countries to, that are the sons and daughters of immigrants such as myself. I think this is what is making our uh, our community great, our Peña great, and uh, we we always welcoming new members. Every single day we receive messages from people who are asking about our Peña and are interested in becoming members. And uh, when you join Club Blaugrana in Montreal, you're not only joining uh, a supporters group, you're truly joining a family. And uh, if any of your listeners um, can make it to Montreal. Uh, on a visit or on a weekend or uh, on a business trip. That sounds superb. Um, I think what I was hearing what you were saying, it's tan sabal don banim, isn't it? In Catalan that means it doesn't matter where we come from, which is part of the Barça anthem. And you just described it. I mean, personally, having lived in Barcelona and Mujet for pretty much the whole of my life before moving to London, that was around 16 years ago, I can definitely see what you're saying. You know, it's people from all ways of life, all sort of backgrounds, ethnicities, we all support the same batch, you know, we all support the same colors, and that is something very, very special. Now, um, welcome to the show, of course. Um, I just want to sort of throw out a question, and obviously anyone feel free to, to join in at any time. Why do you do what you do? Why are you involved in a Peña? Is it not just easy to just watch the games and forget about all the paperwork? That's a great question. Francesca, this is Matt from Peña Barça Dallas. You know, like I said, um, I think here in the States, probably around 2007, I, well, let me, let me back up. I've played soccer since I was four years old. Now it's football, but football, soccer since I was four, and I've always played, and I've always appreciated the beautiful game. And I'm kind of a late bloomer, but around 2006, 2007, you were able to watch, you know, Barca on TV and I just fell in love I mean I've always loved great football because all we had was MLS at the time and of course European was just gorgeous football so ever since then say 2007 I've always just appreciated you know the tiki taka just a beautiful possession game and everything and then ever since then I, I saw Barca I just fell in love and I said this is what I want to do I want to create or gather all the crazy fans like myself and let's just, you know, uh, sing and dance and just cheer on the best team in the world. And, you know, ever since then, Peña Barça Dallas has just been growing. So, Frances, that's why I do it, just for the love of the colors and the beautiful game. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds amazing. Anyone else? So this is Michael from Montreal, Michael Miller from the Club La Granada in Montreal. Well, my, my own background story, um, I started watching uh, Barca when I, was, uh, when I was a little kid. Both my parents, as well as their families, are, are also mm -hmm. Barca fans. And uh, back in those days, you couldn't really watch uh, La Liga games on television in North America. You could only catch the Champions League. So the, the only times that I could really watch a lot of Barca games... And we're talking about the early 90s. Uh, it was whenever I would uh, go to Morocco with my parents. My family is from Morocco. 
and uh, I, I was able to, to, to watch the great uh, Johan Cruyff uh, Dream Team, and I fell in love with the way they played, and the fact that my family are all supporting Barca uh, obviously helped, but whenever I would come back home, I would always make it a point to run run home from school and catch the Champions League on television, uh, which was aired on cable at the time. When I became a teenager, then I started gathering with my friends, and uh, I had a lot of friends around me who actually loved Barca as well. And I carried that sort of tradition until uh, I became a, a university student. And then I started hearing about groups gathering together in local pubs. The, the, the fact that there was an atmosphere, a, a community of people just gathering together, watching the same game, and it was never quite the same as what I had experienced in Morocco. And I thought, we have enough people here who love the club. Why not uh, gather all these people together under one roof and share that passion together? And and that is why I, I think uh, I'm so passionate about it. Uh, I see what is done elsewhere in the world, and I'm thinking we have enough potential to do the same here. We have enough passion to do the same here. And uh, we have passionate members here, too, who are always happy to, to contribute, always happy to help. And the more, the more I see uh, this, uh, this community growing, the more it gives me the willpower to, to, to always give more, to always try more, to always uh, contribute more. And I, I think that Barca is very much uh, part of my life, as much as my own family, as much as, uh, as, much as the air that I breathe. And um, I will always continue supporting my club and always, I will always continue working really hard to, to make sure that my club has a presence in my city. That sounds superb. That's pretty much the same reason why I do what I do. I mean, the Barcelona podcast and BarcaBlog.com, there's two things that keep pushing sort of on a daily basis. And without that passion and that love that you just explained, obviously nothing, nothing does happen. Um, I want to throw another question out there. Having Messi in our club does help, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, 100% yes 100% yes I mean ever since this kid walked on the pitch I mean it's just been wow you know and this is Matt from Pena Barca Dallas again but yes Messi I don't know what can you say about him I mean he is the best he's from another planet it's just every time he walks on the pitch you never know what this kid is going to do. And I say kid because he's 30 and I'm, you know, a young 44. But uh, <laughs> it's just amazing, amazing to see him play. So I'm just excited for the next, you know, few years to see what he can finish out. And it is going to be unbelievable when he's not on the pitch. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, tell me, guys, what are you guys going to do? <laughs> I, I I was just thinking of the same, like you were like, oh, it's great and we're so... We're used to to Messi and uh, the the way he plays, and but yeah, what's gonna happen to us when Messi's gone? I mean, it's gonna be a a transition. It's not gonna be like going through a divorce or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, would you say Messi is the only reason then that Barca are in this unbeaten run in La Liga, challenging for the Champions League? Obviously, we got Roma ahead, but you know, it's not a certainty we're gonna beat them. We are in the final. So basically, we're still challenging from the treble and there isn't that long to go in the season. Um, do you think Messi is the key driver with that or the only reason? How would you guys see it? 
you know, this is Victor Valencheck uh, from the Houston Coulees. And uh, you know, when I think about this season compared to the past, um, you know, is he the, the key? There's no question he's the key. But I think what I think just huge you know, credit to Valverde for being able to see and be able to put a plan together around Messi and sure. to be able to, to make uh, everybody in the team stronger um, you know, with, with, yes, Messi at the center of, of everything. So, um, again, without Valverde going to pull in the strings and be in the puppeteer, um, you know, it, it, I don't think we, I don't think we have the same season. Yeah. This is, uh, Chris from Toronto. I, I kind of echo the same sentiment that Messi being a, a centerpiece of everything has always sort of been the case. Um, but definitely the transition this year with Valverde, um, you know, giving each player what seems to be like a complimentary transition through Messi's transition into this team. It just seems like the, the team itself, uh, you know, works, uh, you know, incredibly well as a unit, even when we see them like suffering under a press like we did against Athletic Bilbao. You see them playing in the second half in a, in a very difficult way, um, you know, being pressed high by that team. And I think that, that Valverde almost to a point like wants his team to be stressed out defensively so that they can learn how to play like deep into this season, into the champions league. And, um, and I, I just feel like that Valverde has some, something going on uh, with his conception of the defense this year. That is very different uh, from previous seasons, particularly with Rakitic and Busquets in the midfield and how they are, are, just all over the pitch. Okay, that's very telling. So would you say then Valverde is the key difference maker this year, uh, together with Messi, obviously, or is the departure of Neymar the key element there? (laughs) Definitely definitely Jordi Alba. His position without Neymar being there has changed dramatically, and I think Jordi Alba was almost like a, a wayward sort of defender last year in a way towards the end of the season. So that has been a welcome adjustment, I think. Hey, well, uh, this is Dali from Chicago, and I just want to say, uh, same with Victor, I think that, yes, Valverde reads the games really well, and uh, he, he's been able to to put the team um, in, a, in a good place. Like, I don't know if you remember in the, in the summer when, you know, we all started, we're like, oh, no, this is going to be tough. And uh, a second half, Valverde reads the game well, and he... He, he makes the changes that need to be made. So I definitely think that Barberde is, is one of the keys. All right. So would you get Neymar back then? Do we need him back? <laughs> this is Michael from uh, Michael Miller from the Club Lagrana de Montreal. I, I don't think that there is uh, any room for uh, Neymar uh, to, to, to come back to our club. We've moved on. We've made some key acquisitions since, he's, since he has left. Uh, now that we have Dembele, that we have Coutinho... Uh, we're also uh, welcoming the addition of uh, Arthur, who's going to join us eventually. Uh, we have to think about uh, promoting uh, some of the very talented uh, prospects that we have playing for Barca B at the moment. Uh, I'm thinking about Carles Alenia, for example. So to, to, to take Neymar and to bring him back in the new dynamic that we've had this season would uh, completely ruin the balance that we've acquired. We're doing well. We're we're doing even better than we could have ever imagined after Neymar has left. And to bring him back will, in my opinion, ruin a recipe that is working really well at the moment. He gave us four years. Uh, I have... uh, 
I have some mixed feelings about him, obviously, more negative than positive because of the way he left. But still, he gave us four years, and now now that he has moved on, so should we. And the, the, the future is bright. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a lot of uh, potential coming up. Uh, the signings that we have made will be uh, with Barcelona for a very long time. Uh, so the, the future is kind of uh, looking brighter than we could have ever imagined. So in terms of Neymar, I think his future is uh, far away from Barcelona. Maybe not that far away from Madrid, in my opinion. Oh, there we are, there we are, because that's, that's the key issue here, isn't it? Puyol talked about it a couple of days back and he said if he just joined Madrid, then so be it. He's a, he's a professional. He can go wherever he wants. Um, I want to shift gears here from Neymar because, you know, he's in the past, as, as I'm sure we have agreed already. Um, we've got Dembélé, but we did pay a lot for him, didn't we? Um, how do you see Dembélé and his season this year by the progression and potential for the future? This is Victor here over in Houston. And, you know, when I think about Dembélé uh, and we brought him on, it, I think... Uh, when I when I look at this, I have to. We always I always feel like we have to remember the time and place. Uh, I feel like the time and place was uh, uh, unlike any other time when we lose uh, a top player in the world um, and we weren't prepared. You know, you could we could argue that you think uh, uh, Bartomeu uh, should have been prepared. Maybe sh- they should have known this was going to happen, or we should have had uh, someone like Coutinho lined up the year prior. But at the end of the day, we were we were kind of caught with our pants down on that one. So we needed to do something, and we we brought in a Dembélé at a price that, you know, nobody ever thought we you know would pay for such a you know for that type of youngster. And to um, to do so, I mean, we just got. I think we just need to chalk that up. It's paid. It's done. Uh, it was time and place. And but when it comes to his performance, it, you know, lots of unfortunate, you know, lots of unfortunate times happened with his injuries. And I'm willing to chalk up this season as a, as training season. I mean, at the end of the day, Valverde figured out how to do it with countless other, um, you know, players on the right from uh, Vidal to, um, you know, trying um, from, uh, uh, oh, goodness, I'm thinking of all of our, all, all the guys that he put up there in that place for the first half of the season and we're still undefeated. So again, kudos to Valverde for plugging that hole during the during Dembélé's uh, being down. But what we've seen in the short term, him um, and his confidence, I, I just see we're we're seeing that hockey stick upward. If you're looking at the chart right now of his confidence, his performance, and I'm just excited for you know where that hockey stick goes with him. Exactly. <laughs> Even with that goal, Dembélé scored in uh, Champions. I mean, talk about confidence booster. We'll see what Dembele can do. Like you said, I agree with you, Victor, on, uh, you know, this being kind of a training year and the uh, injuries, you know, for the first, I don't know, what was it, like uh, eight weeks, you know, really hurt. And he's just got so much speed, so much technical ability, you know, that I think he's going to blossom and it's just going to take time. He just needs more play time. And Valverde, I'm sure, has a plan for him. So time will tell. Talking about time then, guys, Um, we've got Don Andres Iniesta has spent, I would say, the whole of his life, his whole of his football league career defending our colours, has done fantastically well. I mean, I met him as soon as he joined us as a 12-year-old and I followed his career ever since and he is remarkable. However, there seems to be a lot of money being chucked his way from China and he's currently considering to leave. If he did leave... 
could we survive? Go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to say, yeah, we'll survive, but that's like, you know, just stabbing right in the heart. I mean, but, yeah. it, you know, because like he's been there since, you know, day one. Uh, Andres Iniesta, Don, you know, Iniesta, I mean, he is just magic on the pitch. He is what keeps the glue together. I mean, uh, it's it's just going to be very, very difficult, you know, to move forward without him. Granted, we do, you know, have uh, key players in place. I mean, Cotuño was coming in for him. It's just I really, really wanted to see Iniesta just retire out of Barcelona. I mean, he's done. He doesn't, I mean, need to play for any other club. I mean, he could, you know, be like a Puyol or something in the organization. It's just going to be really hard, you know, to see him go if he goes. All right. This is Michael from Montreal. Iniesta leaving would be a heartbreaker for me as well. Um, I... But here's the thing: we've all we've all followed Barca for for many many years, all of us, and we've seen the likes of Stoichkov, uh, Romario, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, uh, Xavi, all come and go. But the Blaugrana wheels will always keep on turning. There's always that moment when we have to say goodbye to a legend, when we have to say goodbye for someone who captured the. Uh, our attention, our emotions for so many years, but and that's that's my wish for for Iniesta uh, selflessly. If we can win the treble this season, and he can get the same type of farewell that Xavi has received, he can move on to China in peace. In my opinion, it'll be the best way for him to leave. However, I would certainly not want him to leave the same way. Puyol has leave, which is to retire quietly on a trophyless season. You know, if if we can win it all this season, and considering how how less and less he's been able to uh, to, 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 to 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 give us uh, minutes, of course, all his minutes are quality minutes, but he can't give us 90 minutes twice a week like he like he used to. So if he can leave on a high note this summer. Uh, I would be more than happy to wish him good luck uh, in his new uh, challenge in China if if that time comes. I think that is precisely the key is where in his career he is now. I mean, when Xavi left, he was playing pretty much every game, but he was coming on as a sub in the last, I would say, 25 to 30 minutes, minutes. depending on yeah. how much we needed to control the game at that point. Uh, when Puyol did retire, I totally agree. Um, he was not really featuring. He had been injured on and off for the last, I would say, 18, 20 months. But Iniesta's a starter. So do you think Coutinho's ready to take that forward? I mean, we've got Alanya hopefully being promoted from the B team in the summer. We've got Arthur hopefully join us also in the summer, although he's most likely going to be in the winter transfer window. And Coutinho's already with us. But do you think that the combination of those three will set us up for, say, September if he left in the summer? Sure. I, I, I personally think uh, Coutinho, and again, people, you know, definitely, you know, will say, even though we want to believe he's the Iniesta replacement was the big talk. Uh, I, you know, I think we know the style of play, the type of player he is, is definitely different. But um, I feel like that bringing in that level of player that Coutinho is, um, for me, just puts me at a complete 
puts me at complete ease to know that we've we've replaced the which we know is the inevitable you know departure of Iniesta and so to have someone like Coutinho there and yes will the play be different will the the style play maybe slightly different um yeah but it might be a little bit you know it may bring some exciting things because the threat from outside the box with Coutinho is 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 fun to watch and just going to change things a bit but um i'm feeling pretty comfortable well good 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 guys we're running sort of out of time here and i want you all to have a turn now um just the final question then i don't really mind which order you do this in um the question is if you had to sign one player in the summer who could it be and why and this is a quick fire one you've got a minute each go Hey, this is it's Chris from Toronto. Um, one name that was kind of curiously absent from the Iniesta talk is is Sergi Roberto. I think. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure contractually what what's going on in her, in terms of his position, but I know there's been a lot of rumors about him potentially, you know, making a move because of the the profile he's raised for himself at the club. Um, I think he's a person that has that versatility midfield and right back and even playing forward sometimes. That he 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 needs to be. Featured, I think, uh, in the future of this club, in my opinion. Okay, I'm, yeah. my understanding is, is that he renewed his contract recently. Yeah, he did. He until 2020, yes. I understand. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. worth 500 million buyout clause. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's obviously it's it, they've kept him in. I just thought, based on our previous chat, I wanted to vouch for him with the uh, okay. Iniesta talk too. To be That's honest, all. that is precisely my thought as well. If you can promote, well, not promote, but if you can move. Sergio Roberto to the midfield, the solution is probably going to be closer. Any sign um, for the summer, anyone? I would like to, uh, this is Danny from Chicago. I would bring back Thiago from Bayern. I don't know if it's possible or not, but that would be my, if I could choose. Why? A lot of our members feel the same in Toronto too, yeah. Danny, why? Because um, he knows the style of play. Um, he, you know, he grew up with us and he's become now at Bayern a, a better player. And... Uh, you know, personally, I I seen him play, and uh, I've never seen anybody with a better first touch. So I think he would be able to help us a lot with 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 moving forward. This is Matt Peña uh, Barça Dallas. It's a long shot, but I would say Dybala from Juventus uh, just to come in and uh, just help out with the middle. And I think Rakitic has been having some looks or whatever. Man, you are interested in him, so. Plus, he knows the Magic Band uh, very well. You know, they're on the national team together. So, and his style of play is beautiful, too. So, Good choice. Tumo, who would you sign and why? All right, this is Michael from Montreal. And uh, uh, I think that we should, uh, in terms of our center backs, uh, we started recently to reshape for the future with the addition of Yeri Mina. And I think that... Another move in the same direction would be a good idea this summer. And I'm thinking about uh, the young Ajax centre-back, uh, Matthias Delight. I have seen, uh, we've all seen a lot of him last season when uh, Ajax made it to the final of the Europa League. This season, he's uh, he's been repeating his outstanding performances. And I would prefer to sign a, a Matthias Delight, who's in his early 20s, and has a bright future ahead of him than to uh, give uh, Thomas Vermalen a contract extension. So I would basically uh, either sell Vermalen on a high since this season he's had pretty much his only productive season with Barca, 
with a year left on his contract, I think that the time is right to sell him and to replace uh, him with uh, a youngster like uh, Delight who could bring a lot of assurance, a lot of consistency, uh, and a lot of stability to, uh, to our defensive core. That makes a lot of sense. And last yeah. but not least... Victor here and uh, with the Houston. And so when I think about, you know, signings, I'm like, oh, the stress of uh, transfer rumors is sometimes <laughs> a little overwhelming, uh, I think, for all of us. Um, but, as, you know, with Coutinho coming in, with Dembele and what we have up front um, I, and what we've, what we've done over this last year, I just uh, – and I think if you're, you're like me, you, you have a passion for La, La Masia players. And I think, you know, yes, I'd love to see Alenia come in, but – I. When it comes to that, that that center, you know, someone like and you know, hopefully gets you know, he heals and gets back to full, full, full fitness. Oriol Busquets to bring in a youngster like that and to learn from you know from the other Busquets and Rakitic and to bring someone young in from the club is kind of a big win-win, right? We're bringing in someone from Masia, La Masia. We're bringing in uh, someone young and we're giving them a chance to to learn from uh, these players. Um, I would I really love to see that. Superb. I couldn't agree more. That's one of the points I made in our previous podcast. It was episode 72, which obviously I strongly recommend to anyone who's still listening to the podcast that goes back and listens to that when we're finished here, which we are finished now. Um, Chris, Danny, Michael, Matt and Victor, it's been a pleasure to have you. You can always forever and ever say you were in the very first Peña Blaugrana roundup in the Barcelona (laughs) podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll be calling you after the show to, see, to get a bit of feedback from you. But um, uh, it was a pleasure for us. Hopefully our listeners have enjoyed your expertise and your passion too, as much as I have. So thank you very much. Have a good, for me, it will be evening. For you, it's day. I hope you enjoyed the first Peña Blagrana Rando almost as much as I did. Thanks again for listening to the Barcelona Podcast. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon at Forza Barca. Forza! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.